Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. That's from Psalms 37, verse 3. It's my life verse. And I love to share that verse because I love to talk about the faithfulness of God. And uh, I love to hear the stories uh, from from folks who are sharing about how God has been faithful in their lives. And uh, today, I have a guest, and I'm going to introduce him, but I'm only going to introduce him as Pastor Aaron. And uh, welcome, Pastor Aaron, today. Hi, Chuck. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, Good. Well, I'm introducing you by first name only because you have a pretty uh, interesting ministry and an interesting story that we'll get to in just a little bit, and uh, where you have uh, ministered in the past and in a location. And and so we're just going to use first names only and uh, leave it right there. Currently, you're uh, on staff at a local church here in the Seattle area, and... um, so uh, tell me a little bit uh, about yourself. Uh, your mom's sitting here in studio with you, and I had a chance to meet her. She's, uh, she's from the Midwest area, and uh, so did you grow up in the Midwest? Absolutely. I grew up in, in Nebraska, uh-huh. um, wonderful church community. Uh, my parents were great examples of believers, and I can remember uh, at a young age having that uh, encounter with Christ. Uh, you know, I was five years old and then just grew up in that, in that community, um, but in, in many ways, I can, I can see how it was when I was older and when there were these opportunities to serve, um, kind of saw different communities of stepping out into that calling. And, and for me, it was in those ages where um, kind of stepped from having that observation of who God is and, you know, getting sewn into to actually kind of stepping into that life with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and now all all there in the Midwest. In, back in the Midwest, uh, you and I are both Midwest boys, and so uh, I'm sure you rooted for Nebraska, and I I rooted yeah. for, even though I grew up in Illinois, I rooted for I, University of Iowa, yeah. so I was a big Iowa Hawkeyes fan. But uh, uh, so you come from good stock, as Absolutely. they would say in the Midwest. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, end up going to Bible school, or what was the decision process for you as far as education is concerned? Yeah, uh, I was 17 when I, I got to this point. Uh, and again, like I said, I, I was engaging in watching different communities of people just kind of loving God, following him. And I was just, I was ready to give my whole life to him. And I started looking at schools and got set up at a Bible college. But right before I went, there was this opportunity for me to go on a, a short-term mission trip mm. Um, over to Asia. Uh, it was a five-month trip. And five months? It was a five-month oh, trip. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a short-term trip, it's, right? Yeah, short-term, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and while I was over there, it was like I met my future. Mm. Um, I, I, I was there uh, serving with, with people that had been in the field for many years, um, learning from their lives. It was a very international group, people from all different nations serving together and, and it was like I, I met my future. I encountered it there. Um, mm. And so I actually uh, first went to the field. Um, and I have since then kind of on the way picked up 
picked up a degree and, and have a master's and all of that stuff. But um, as, as I look back, I, I actually see it as God rescuing me um, from the path that I, I would have gone. Mm-hmm. And um, just, just in my own self, growing up there, I, I'd actually learned how to play the church game right. quite well. I, you know, I, I learned how to make people think I was good, you know, kind of that f- Pharisee kind of thing. Um, and I could have easily gone that way um, if, I, if I would have just gone to school, followed the normal route. Um, so at, in a way, God just shaken it up completely. Getting get me in those places where I couldn't couldn't play that game. No, absolutely. Um, well, you're in the real world. It. Yeah, you're right. a, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so so yeah. I so I did not initially go to to college or anything or Bible school. Just went right on the field, uh, thrown in the middle of it, and just what age learned again? as I went. That, that was when I was 18. Yeah. And then I moved there when I was 19. Well, not to get too far off the path, but uh, I've always said in various times during this program that the one regret that I have uh, for for my three children is that I didn't get them on a short-term uh, missions trip somewhere overseas. Yeah. Uh, I've traveled some now as I've gotten older um, and done some some uh, traveling for ministry and that sort of thing, and I just see the value of uh, of a young person, whether they're 16, 17, 18, even if it's a week-long trip or something like that, to have that experience of ministry in a different place. Yeah, and, and in my, my own development uh, and discovery of calling, for me, I see calling is something we discover. You know, it, there's so many things, of course, where we're, we're seeking God and asking for Him to, to speak that into us. We're, we're observing kind of the direction God's put in our life, but Getting out there is a big part of discovering that. Or for my own development, um, I, I had good teaching. I had good examples, um, but I had to put some feet to it. I, I had to get out there, and it was a very much a refining fire, uh, yeah. you know, and so absolutely. Well, you're fortunate in that as an 18-year-old that you're sensing this is the direction for my life because i got to say— most 18-year-olds, they're still trying to, you know, get over their first crush, you know, sure. <laughs> in high school. And you're kind of setting your course for your life and understanding that this is obviously there's things that will occur later in your life that you uh, may not be exactly what you thought it would be. But but for the most part, you're saying this is where the Lord's calling me to be for my life. Yeah. And I didn't even know all of it was going on. Hmm. Um and and so even as I talk with other young people or as we've walked with other people in this process, um, there is that. So I see too many people actually trying to wait until they kind of see it all or they can communicate it clearly. But there is this this aspect of just kind of stepping out, um, you know, follow hard after God. And, and sure, there might be some adjustments you need to make in there. Uh, but it really is just just getting getting out there because I I, I wasn't clear on all of what it was going to be. Sure, um, you know I had ideas here or there. It certainly didn't turn out looking like I thought in those ages. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just figured it out on the way. So five months in Asia, and then you come back, and what happens next? Came back, um, and that was the kind of the big decision point. Um, the the university had held my admission. So I, I had that option to go back into that um, or go back to, to the field. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it wasn't even a hard decision. I just knew I was supposed to go back. Oh, really? Um, okay. And the, the hard part was 
um, sharing that with the rest of my community. That wasn't necessarily my, mom and dad. Your mom's were, your mom's <laughs> smiling over here, but yeah. I'm sure it was uh, mom and dad did not like their son being that many miles away. They never told me right. that. They never said you know you shouldn't do this, and and I don't really know what it was. You know, my grandparents who had worked hard. My my grandfather being the the only one in his family to go to university and see the difference it made in his life. It was all it was all out of love. The, right. the community. That said, no, you really need to to get this degree first. You know, um, it, it was all out of love, and I knew right. that. Um, but but there was no hesitation in me. I just knew I had to get back in mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. So so you came. So you went back to Asia. Yep, went back to and Asia. for how long? Uh, well, uh, it was really eighteen years. Uh, I mean that 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 trip back. We were probably there a year or two years each time. Um, and again, served initially just in this this wonderful. Uh, cross-cultural community, people from all all different places. You know, my roommates were from India and Brazil and Germany and and all of, all of that. So, had just such this learning from one another, kind of all peers serving together. Such a such a great place for me. Um, and then we'd we'd get back to the states. You know, every year, every yeah, other year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to take a second and honor your mom and dad because that's tough. Yeah, that's absolutely. hard for mom and dad to see there, you know, because traditional thing is, is, you know, son, son goes to college, uh, finds a girl, gets married, has grandbabies and comes back near nearby. Yeah. So that they can see them all. And they've they've sacrificed a lot absolutely. for you to be where the Lord called you to be. And I, I want to echo that honoring them. They just amazing in that process. They're they're support of me. And um, yeah, so that was absolutely wonderful. And I, you know. I probably learned being away how to better value our time together. Yeah. Um, I, I probably would have kind of just forgotten that whole family thing, you know, a bit more driven, get involved in my stuff. So if I would have stayed here, <clears throat> I'm not sure uh, how well I would have done that whole yeah. family thing. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it is. And it's good to you learn those lessons uh, you know, as we all get older, we, we learn to value those relationships and understand that the Lord's put them there for a very good reason. Absolutely. And, uh, and, I, and I'm sure your mom and dad are, are proud of you as you've uh, navigated through this. So during this time, uh, did you find a girl? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how um, did that happen? Uh, she was my leader, uh, and that was a couple, couple years into it. Um, uh, serving together, uh, Anna uh, was my leader. Uh, I definitely liked her first. Um, <laughs> well, wasn't necessarily aware of it. Didn't have that kind of self awareness. So someone else had to ask me, "Hey, do you like Anna?" And then I thought, "Oh no, I do." <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. And uh, so, but we were serving together, right? And doing and doing a lot of stuff. Um, it took God. Uh, some miraculous intervention spoke to Anna and dreams and visions <laughs> and correction from other people for uh-huh. her to kind of be like, okay, I'm willing to consider this guy. But yeah. uh, eventually caught up. And and it was just fun because we were, we were both running together. Uh, at that point, um, we both knew that God had stuff for us in mainland China. Yeah. And so we were both serving in these communities, um, running after God and, you know, just kind of looked aside and said, okay, well, there's someone else running with me in this yeah. direction. And it was fantastic. Well, especially, I mean, that's true for any marriage, but uh, I can't, I can't imagine, imagine uh, not having that kind of 
uh, dual vision for you, uh, that you both have the same vision uh, for the direction when you're working in a missions uh, situation like that. If one's not pulling in the same direction, you're going to soon pull apart. So it's been a huge blessing for us. And, yeah. and, and God puts people together in very creative ways, but being in unity and in that I, I found to be just such a tremendous blessing and super helpful. Yeah. Well, you mentioned China, and that's how I uh, uh, wanted to have this conversation with you. We were both in a meeting the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you mentioned about your work in China, and uh, I wanted to have you come on because I wanted to, you to share some of your experiences in China and what's going on in the church there. So um, tell me um, how long you've, you've been in China uh, and what's, uh, how, how did you get there? Yeah. We'll go that direction first. Yeah. Uh, all, all together, it was about 18 years. Uh, and to, to get to that point where we were just ready to, to, to jump in there, um, again, it, it was discovered. Um, we had trips in here or there. Uh, so there was engagement with China for both Anna and I. Um, there, there, there were moments maybe where we had a con- – I remember there's one conference we were at and, and uh, there was a guy presenting kind of the hot spots of China where there was a lot of Christian activity and the black holes of China. Hmm. And uh, he, he showed some of those and, and one of those was, was in the area that we ended up going. And I just – there was a moment in my heart where I was like, yes, Father, that's – I want to jump in there. I want to jump in that black hole and, you know, be a part of what you want to do there. Um, but, but then it was a lot of discovery. We, we, uh, my wife and I, we were praying through a book, a really old book. It was like China's 50 most unreached cities and just kind of praying through city by city. And there were three of those that kind of really stood out in that process. And we, and we went and visited them. And so it was just this God putting so many things together um, where so what convinced. happens like when you're involved with an, another group of people in an entity, uh, an organization like you were involved in? Is it just kind of a, um, a cooperation? Uh, um, I'm, I'm searching for the word here. Uh, kind of consensus as far as yeah, this is where we believe you should go. Is there like a team like you went in and checked things out and said? Yeah, this feels right, or how does that work? Uh, my wife and I, we were with a, a community that was intending to plant new teams mm-hmm. in frontier areas. So, so it was a very pioneering focus. It was one of the greatest treasures that we had from that group was this sense that if God invites you to an area, you can get there and you can make it. And so... Uh, we, we were looking at the nation that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's plant a new team, a new work. And um, we, we did. When we went into the city, uh, my wife and I, we bought a map. Um, we could read only a few Chinese characters, but we could read university. So we uh, looked on the map for a university, found a bus route that would go there. Uh, and then we walked around on campus until we found someone that could set up a language program for us. And, and so it was, it was really that just kind of a new pioneering thing. And we knew that, that God was going to bring a team to us eventually. And in about a year and a half of us being there, we had our first team members come and join us. And, um, but the intent was always just planting yeah. a new, new frontier team. So the 
So officially, when you walk into a situation like that, are you uh, are you saying I'm a student, or you're not walking in saying I'm gonna, you know, I'm here to plant the first uh, first church of of such and such city, and here we are. Right. You're walking in as students, or what are you walking in as? Yeah. You... Yeah. Right on. Obviously, you know, you know, China. It's uh, and and we had to come to terms with that because it felt like a split identity. We did go in as students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I studied Chinese for almost five years, um, just, just went really hard after that, um, and, uh, had to come to terms that, that was my identity there. I had to do it well. And it wasn't, it wasn't a fake. It thing. wasn't a cover. In other words, you were really a student. I was really a student. All right. And then I became a businessman. And, uh, that was, that was what we transitioned to after, uh, students. I, I started a business and, um, it, it was a real thing. That was my real person. I was there. I wasn't good at it. <laughs> um, right. it, was, it was by far the biggest stress of all, all my time there was was running that business. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, but I really tried hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when you're doing that, then how are you then navigating into building relationships and beginning to connect? Uh, your faith then with those residents there in that community? What yeah. do you, is it just through relationship? Is it, you know, finding out where the local underground church is or how are you, how are you managing all that? Yeah. Uh, strategy of relationships, right? I and mean, that's, that's what we did. That's who we are being normal people there. So, so just building, building those friendships. Um, and then, um, being true to who we are and what what God did in our life, we just, it just naturally comes out. It's, it, it, we share it. Um, some years into there, um, we we initially had a little contact with with the local church, but but I think in many ways, um, people are watching. How how committed are these guys? How long are they going to stay around? And after we had been there for some years, and and including you know being through things like uh, there was an earthquake in 2008 that our area was was hit really hard in and 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 staying there with people through that I think think is a part of it it just builds that trust and so af- after a time uh, our relationship with the local church became really good really central to uh, what we were doing there and so when you say the local church now uh, are that is that a government sponsored church or a government registered church or how do you uh, the government has to approve of those churches and and different say uh, one thing we always say uh, everything you hear about China is true somewhere in China <laughs> okay um, so there are certainly uh, government churches there that the leadership loves Jesus and they're following him and then navigating the systems that are given to them right uh, uh, Chinese believers have just been amazing with that they just navigate legality like like we would navigate a forest. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and in our area, it, it wasn't true about the government church. Um, the, the leadership um, was not, it was more of a job than it was anything else. So our, our friendships were primarily amongst the, the underground church. Um, so what does a typical church service look like in an underground church? Uh Many different ways, right? Um, so our our friends uh, that that did it, they rented apartment buildings, and of course had had worship, had sermon, um, and all of that. 
but now when you say had worship, so they're singing. They're singing. Yeah. Are they singing, singing loud? Singing soft? I, Say, our, I mean, our people friends have, sing loud. You bet. So people in the apartment building know what's going on. Absolutely. They had relationships with the neighbors. Uh-huh. You know, they they would make sure that was always a central part of the underground churches. Make sure they had good relationships with the neighbors uh-huh. to to make sure no one was going to cause them problems. And and for many years, really, about there's a decade of openness before we hit this this new season. Uh-huh. Um, and, and there was, was freedom to do a lot of things, um, in that time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I'm, I interrupted you. So worship, there's a, a message, there's, I'm sure communion, there's. Uh, absolutely. But, but what I saw, and, and this was neat for me, um, is it was very not sent. The church was not centered on the services. Uh, it was very centered on just doing life together mm-hmm. and doing other things together. And, and I saw that er, early on, you know, I was asking God, okay, what am I, what am I really doing here? And these guys I was working with, they, they really didn't need any more teachers. You know, the, the, the leadership, they had access to training. They were probably in training, you know, a quarter of, of their, you know, week was spent in different trainings. What we needed was friends. And, and the same thing, I learned as much from them. Um, what, what is honor or, you know, what is community? Learned as much from them and then just shared my treasure with, with them as well. Well, um, I don't want to make fun of, of Western Church, but I'm sure there wasn't a whole lot of discussion of whether the youth group should have a rock climbing wall. You, you know, there they, was a... <laughs> they, they went there, too. Oh, uh, did they know, really? You know, it's they're people. This is <laughs> yeah. just a people thing. Interesting. And, and uh, um, you know, den- then the recent years, denominations all kind of came in. And, and so, I mean, that's that's just part of the human experience. But that that unity and and this is we ended up going on mission trips together and that was the the kind of big part of it and when we're out there we i'd bring in people from the u.s from other places and not everyone could even speak the same language but being able to stand together actually made it something that all the people around us um, couldn't deny that there Mm. was something really powerful there so uh, that unity is so so important yeah well, I know that there's a whole lot more we could talk about, but I, I want to kind of come back around to your sense of God's call on your life. And I just uh, believe that there is someone uh, uh, listening to this uh, broadcast or the podcast who may be sensing a call. And I'd just like you to, to speak to that person who may be feeling that they need to um, go in a, to a foreign country and just share with them for a, a minute here. Yeah, go for it. Uh, get in communities of people that, that have that inkling of a call or find people that have walked it out because we do, we fan that flame together. Uh, so so get, get in those communities. Find other people that are interested in mission or, or want to go and, and, and get out there. Find, find places, trips that you can do. Um, because when when we stand alone, it, it's easy for that to go out. We get we we even get really confused about our calling when we try to figure it out ourselves. Because we we were made, we were designed to be in community, and those communities of faith is where we really figure out how to how to walk this out, how to take the next steps, how to discern what God is saying to us. Well, that's a that's a good word, and uh, I know that at some point in time you'd love to get back to China. Right now, it's kind of closed to you at the moment. It's, it's currently not an option for me, but yeah. we'll just we'll keep keep our eyes wide open, yeah. see what Father wants to do. 
We've been speaking with Pastor Aaron, and uh, we'd like you to pray for him as he and his wife are seeking the next steps in their life and as they're wanting to go back to China and pray for China as they go through their cultural issues. And we trust that Aaron, the Lord, will continue to lead and guide you in the coming days. Thank you so much, Chuck. listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word call Chuck Olmstead 206-269-6216 or go to thewordseattle.com.